lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Happy Tuesday to all of you. The trio has returned. My name is Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me. Uh, alongside Aaron McIntyre. And if you would like to join us as well, please let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the show to do that. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, where you will get lied to via our Facebook-approved takes. I will just straight up lie to you there in order to not trigger the Facebook fake checkers and algorithm. Uh, But that way I can continue to share content with you. Just understand you are to take the exact opposite takeaway from what I am posting in um, in association with this content with a Facebook regime approved take. Uh, You can also find us uh, on Twitter. Follow me there at Steve Day Show if you want to know what I really think. Uh, I'll really, really tell you what I really think over on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Just look for my name on those platforms. And again, if you're kind of new to the alternative social media game, uh, Parlor and Getter are kind of takeoffs on Twitter, and MeWe and Gab are kind of takeoffs on Facebook. And then, of course, if you would like clips of the show that you can watch that are both free uh, and then free of censorship, please go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Uh, for reasons you will soon learn, you know, we, we have a new partner on the show called Sweatblock. Uh, for reasons you will soon learn. I would highly suggest Anthony Fauci take a look at this new product. You never know. You never know when the heat might get dialed up. And the last thing you would want, I mean, whether it's a first date, whether it's a public speaking engagement in my case, or a job interview, you don't want to be pitting out. But you know when you really don't want to be pitting out? When you're sitting in front of a congressional inquiry, answering charges of perjury to the United States Congress. I mean, that that would be, I mean, you want to make sure you're a calm, cool customer, right? You're cool as a cucumber, cool as the other side of the pillow, right? When you're before an inquiry of the United States Congress that you may have uh, just flat out perjured yourself in front of before, and we all have video of it, right? Just just saying, Todd, just throwing this out there that you might want to make sure that, that that you're not pitting out because that could be a tell that people might think, yeah, we got this guy dead yeah. to rights. Who does he identify with now? De Niro? Pacino? Probably not so much. Uh, Cuomo? Yeah. Birds of a feather, you know what I'm saying? And I'm here for it. Yes. Uh, so uh, if just in case maybe one day you yourself, like Anthony Fauci, may find yourself in front of a congressional inquiry after having committed perjury before the United States Congress, make sure the night before you use sweat block as well. You can take those wipes, uh, put them over your pits right before bedtime, and then get up the next morning, shower, everything else, uh, and you should be good to go for several days at a time. They have other great products, too. I've tried the deodorant and the deodorant low. For those uh, sensitive areas, when the heat comes in, when the heat comes in of summer, which is winding down, uh, and it works very well. I can personally attest this is an excellent product, more effective than even your most clinical antiperspirants. And if you want to try it right now before Anthony Fauci goes ahead and 
buys up what remains of the supply chain over there at Sweatblock. Uh, get 20% off right now with the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. Get 20% off with the promo code DACE at Sweatblock.com. Again, that's 20% off with the promo code DACE at Sweatblock.com. We have quite a show lined up for you today. But we have to take care of some personal business. It was a big day or a big weekend over in the Erzin household, correct? Why you were not here on Friday before Labor Day, remind us. Well, the last two weekends I've been, uh, uh, my daughter has been on her official uh, visits for college. The final decision hasn't been made yet. Ultimately, it is her call, but I was with her at the University of Arkansas this weekend. Her mom was with her the weekend before at uh, Oklahoma State University. So my daughter tells me that by the end of the week, she wants to have made her decision, and it's going to be one of those two schools. So she's down to those two. Yes. Full ride Correct. scholarship offers. To play two D1 sports, soccer and track. I mean. I know. That's, I mean, that, <laughs> that's incredible. I know. I mean, you're, you're the 1% of the 1% to get a full ride scholarship in one Division One from one major Division One university in a sport, let alone for both yeah. That's crazy. And we always thought all along to, for this dream to come. And for the sake of the Erzin family, in this case, I will count soccer as a sport. So You're a good ahead. man. I yes. appreciate that. Yes. I knew you wouldn't break my heart on this one. But we thought we'd have to, you know, just find the sweet spot in, at one place and be lucky we found there. Uh, the, these schools win conference championships. In the case of Arkansas track, they win national championships. I mean, it's... It's out of control. So, I mean, this is like if you, she were a lacrosse player getting recruited by North Carolina, or if you were a basketball player on the women's side getting recruited by uh, a Baylor or a UConn. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this is the elite of the elite. Yeah, so I hope to have a, a baseball cap or a T-shirt reveal or something uh, in the coming uh, week or so, and I'll let you know. So, from a travel... I know that it is not easy to get from here to Stillwater, Oklahoma. That is where they filmed the Unplanned movie mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So, I made that trip myself to visit the set. I, I know that's not an easy commute. What about from here to Fayetteville, Arkansas? What's the commute like? It's uh, Because that's the stuff the parents yeah. care about, right? The, the parents about, are rooting for the best commute. The drive's about an hour less, and if you want to fly... Either way, you got to fly through somewhere else. But Fayetteville has its own airport if you're flying in. I know Stillwater does have its own it's airport. It's just tough but, to get a flight into there. But yeah, yeah. yeah, so you'd be flying into Oklahoma City mostly. So if she goes to Arkansas, can you just fly directly? From, can you go from Des Moines to Fayetteville or not? I don't. We didn't this time. I don't know if it's... Or would you have to like fly to Little Rock and then maybe jump, you get on a puddle jumper and go from there? This to, time we flew to Dallas and on the way home we flew through Chicago. Okay. And so they had us fly directly from Dallas to Fayetteville? Or did you yeah. have to go to Little Rock? No, Fayetteville. Yeah. Huh? All right. That's not bad. No, not at all. All right. That's not bad at all. No. All right. So is that a lean from the old man? I mean, ultimately, it's her call, right? Okay. Yeah. But but Ma, Ma and Pa Erzin are looking, you know. they're looking, if it's a close call, it's a little bit like, hey, if it's close between the senior and the freshman, go with the freshman, because if he's that close now, he's going to get better, right? If it's close between those two schools, then Ma and Pa Erzin are probably like, honey, go with the better commute. If this were 20 years ago... In order to get down and see games, I'd be more worried. Steve, even now with ESPN Plus, we'll be able to watch almost all of her games mm-hmm. and track meets. It's amazing now. Mm. So, well, we'll I, make it work. I mean, that's just I appreciate a, a it. phenomenal. You got a chance to go sit on the fifty-yard line there. 
Yeah, it was a little Wu Pig Suey to watch the opener I, against I, Rice. I experienced my first Wu Pig Suey. Yeah, it was excellent. Fans were outstanding. The place was near full. It was awesome. All right. Well, what a cool, Thank cool experience for a papa. Thank no you. doubt about that. So, congratulations to the heirs and family for that. All right. Today's show. We're going to be joined by Julie Kelly from American Greatness at the bottom of the hour. She's going to give us an update on the story that she has done the absolute best work on uh, more than anybody in the media, right or left. Uh, and that is what's going on with the defendants from the January 6th, not insurrection. We will get that update from her next hour our next segment next hour for fake news or not. Now that we are heading into it's an all out propaganda war on vaccines and mandates on Thursday, the white house is expected to announce a plan of attack against the Delta variant. And my guess is they will try to push more boosters, even though they are getting pushed back now from both CDC and FDA on more boosters this fast. So I want to do this. I want to make sure everybody is clear on where I stand on these vaccines, what I do and don't think. And I want to reset all of that right now before we get into a whole new layer of confrontation over vaccination and vaccine mandates. So I'm going to lay that marker down now so that when people come and try to claim that I have said something I haven't said or believe something I don't believe, we've got uh, a benchmark that we can share that this is what I think based on all the data and everything I've studied up until this point today, September 7th, 2021. And then Todd and Aaron, I will let you react to that after I lay all that out. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, uh, I've watched the Showtime four-part docu-series on UFOs. And it is extremely well done. It also doesn't answer any questions, but it does raise all three of the possibilities as, as, as explanations for this phenomenon that we have discussed on this show, which is what I found fascinating. They, they brought up all three of the angles we've we've attacked attacked this this continuing story from. So I'll get into that for Pop Culture Tuesday coming up in the final segment of the program. But before we get to that, here is a rundown from Aaron you don't want to miss of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by more questions about the origin of COVID-19 and some answers as well. The Intercept is a publication that bills itself as a journalistic outlet with, quote, no corporate interests. It's also a very leftist publication, which left one of its founders, Glenn Greenwald, with no choice other than to resign because even he wasn't left enough for what the publication had become. Which is why it came as a surprise last night when they dropped this bombshell. New details emerge about coronavirus research at Chinese Lab. In the piece, the authors Sharon Lerner and Mara Vistendahl outline The Intercept's successful litigation against the U.S. federal government invoking the Freedom of Information Act in order to produce 900 pages of documents which provide details of U.S.-funded research on several types of coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. The publication obtained documents detailing the work of the now infamous EcoHealth Alliance, which used federal money to fund bat coronavirus research at the Chinese lab. 
The trove of documents also includes two previously unpublished grants proposals that were funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, as well as project updates relating to EcoHealth's research. The bat coronavirus grant provided EcoHealth with a total of $3.1 million, including almost $600,000 that the Wuhan Institute of Virology used in part to identify and alter bat coronaviruses likely to infect humans. The grant proposal acknowledges some of those dangers. Quote, fieldwork involves the highest risk of exposure to SARS or other coronaviruses while working in caves with high bat density overhead and potential for fecal dust to be inhaled. The documents contain several critical details about the research in Wuhan, including the fact that key experimental work with humanized mice was conducted at a Biosafety Level 3 lab at Wuhan University Center for Animal Experiments and not the Wuhan Institute of Virology as was previously assumed. The documents raise additional questions about the theory that the pandemic may have begun in a lab accident, an idea that Anthony Fauci of the NIAID and Peter Daszak, head of EcoHealth Alliance, have aggressively dismissed. The story goes on to quote Richard Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rutgers University, who says the documents contain critical information about the research done at Wuhan, including the, about the creation of novel viruses. Quote, the viruses contain, uh, were constructed for their ability to infect mice that were engineered to display human-type receptors on their cells, Ebright wrote to The Intercept after reviewing the documents. Ebright also said that the documents make it clear that two different types of novel coronaviruses were able to infect humanized mice. Quote, while they were working on a SARS-related coronavirus, they were carrying out a parallel project at the same time on MERS-related coronaviruses, referring to the virus that causes Middle East respiratory syndromes. The final paragraph of the piece reads as follows, quote, The second grant, Understanding Risk of Zoonotic Virus Emergence in Emerging Infectious Disease Hotspots of Southeast Asia, was awarded in August 2020 and extends through 2025. The proposal, written in 2019, often seems prescient, focusing on scaling up and deploying resources in Asia in case of an outbreak of emergent infectious diseases, or EID, and referring to Asia as, quote, the hottest of EID hotspots. To boil this all down, it's now a verifiable fact that gain-of-function research was facilitated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, funded through Fauci's NIAID and facilitated through EcoHealth Alliance for the expressed purpose of finding and or constructing coronaviruses that would better infect human beings and testing their spillover potential as, as well. All while EcoHealth Alliance and the NIAID knew the risks associated with this type of research. It's also now a verifiable fact that Dr. Anthony Fauci has lied to Congress on multiple occasions about the bureaucracy's funding of gain-of-function research, including this latest time during this exchange with Senator Rand Paul in late July. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain-of-function. 
So what was? Let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah, that is correct. And that's what happened while we were away. The ramifications of this are are cosmic. We'll get to those here in a second. First, Aaron's montage brought to you by Gabby. It's crazy how fast the prices for just about everything are rising right now. Uh, gas, groceries, clothes, you name it. And all the experts are saying the inflation is only going to get worse before it gets better. So if you are looking for areas where you can personally cut costs, why not start with uh, your insurance? And you can start with Gabby by shopping for auto insurance with all the top 40 providers out there, including the big time companies like Nationwide, Travelers, and more. Uh, they will make sure you've got the absolute best rates and not in days or weeks but in just minutes. Uh, not ballpark guesses either. Verifiable quotes as well. And they only show you the policies that are the same or better than your current coverage. And many of them will be at a lower price. And hey, if you turn out to actually have the best coverage you can get for your insurance profile, they'll tell you that too, which is what they told me. Uh, and they never, by the way, sell your info so you're not going to get any more annoying spam or robocalls by going to Gabby. Uh, people who switch with Gabby can save on average about $80 a month from their current policy. So if you want to give Gabby a shot, it's been featured by TechCrunch, Forbes, and USA Today. Start saving on your auto insurance today by going to Gabby.com slash Dace. It's totally free, totally free, just to see at Gabby, G-A-B-I, B as in boy, G-A-B-I, Gabby.com slash Dace. The... The context that Aaron adds about who the intercept is, I believe this is the first time in the history of this program that the intercept has been cited as a news source. I, I, since I've been here for every episode, I, I cannot recall there's ever been a time that we have gone to the intercept. This is a publication that Politico accused of trying to spark a democratic civil war back in 2019. So, this isn't, again, and it never has been, folks, from the very beginning. It is not Steve Dace, Breitbart, and a group of right-wingers against the science. Even within the community of the science, there has actually been, from the very beginning... A lot of division about this everywhere, from whether to do lockdowns, whether masks work, what's the origin of the virus, etc. Remember, prior to this, the most extensive look at the true origins of the virus pointing to a lab leak came from the esteemed right-wing publication known as Vanity Fair. To me, this is the money quote of the piece. And, and it's and since 7,000 of you are going to email me for a link, it's up on all my social media accounts. I, I put all these things on as many of my social media accounts as I can at all times. You just have to go and find it. Okay, but this is going to be the most recent one. Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Parler, Gab, Getter. I've put this piece up on all of them so you can get it yourself and share it yourself. But this to me is the money shot. Quote, the materials, referencing these newly released documents they acquired via Freedom of Information, confirm the grants supported the construction in Wuhan of novel 
cells for SARS-related coronaviruses that combined a spike gene from one coronavirus with genetic information from another coronavirus and confirmed the resulting viruses could infect human cells. In front of my face here on this set is a book. We published this book, Todd and I, nearly six months ago. And in the chapter on the Wuhan lab, as we went through this book and we discussed it, I told you that this was the, this was the hardest chapter to write for me because it required, I thought, the tightest narrative with the least amount of data. But that I was fairly confident as the days, weeks, and months would go on, more and more would come out about the true origins of the virus. So I could leave a couple of Easter eggs, a couple of hints, but I didn't want my reach to exceed our grasp because if it did, this would be the chapter that could be used to discredit the entire book. And keep in mind, at the time this book was published, you were still getting banned from social media for claiming that you thought the virus had a synthetic origin and it came from a lab. It was shortly after the book came out that they went ahead and decided you could start now pontificating about this openly on Facebook and Twitter. What The Intercept has done here, and if you, if you go back to the chapter on the Wuhan lab in the book, and I made this point on Glenn Beck's show when the book came out almost six months ago now. It's not just gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function research is a dangerous methodology of research. But so is testing weapons of mass destruction. That's a dangerous methodology of research as well, correct? Right, that's a good analogy. It's, it's not just that they were doing this methodology. It's the purpose of it. And if you go find the chapter on the Wuhan lab inside, the, inside Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history, you will see a phrase I used there that I cited from a footnote. And that phrase is called spillover potential. The gain-of-function research that was done at that lab was to gauge something called spillover potential. Meaning, what would cause one of these viruses? If you go to these bat nests in the, over there in the Far East, there's different variations and mutations of coronavirus. Just, these things are booyah bases for them. Stew pots, cauldrons. They're just percolating over there all the time. But what would cause one of these bat coronaviruses to leap from animal to human? What would provoke that? What form of mutation would provoke that response in a host? They were not just doing a dangerous form of research, but they were doing it specifically to answer this question. They were provoking this outcome. And we've been telling you this on this show for six months. Now, what The Intercept has done here is at the very least, they have provided prima facie evidence that Anthony Fauci has lied perjured himself in front of the U.S. Congress. That, that's the least they've done. That is the least they have done. 
They also confirm that the goal, the goal of this research, the point of doing the gain of function, was the creation of such a virus. They were, sp- they were specifically promoting a spillover event. They specifically wanted to know what caused these viruses to mutate from bats to humans. They were specifically provoking the outcome of a creation of such a virus. It was not an accident. They wanted the outcome. They needed to know. The leak may have been an accident. How I got out of that lab may have been an accident. But the outcome was not an accident. This is very important to understand this. This isn't Russell Westbrook messing around and getting a triple-double. They did this research to specifically find out what caused these viruses to mutate from animal to human. To do that, they had to provoke a mutation to know. That is not in question. That is a fact. It is a fact that this research was done to that end. Can we sit here and say today, therefore, that this is 100% a fact of how this particular coronavirus was created? We can't say that, but here's what we can say. It has been nearly two years It was fall of 2019 that first reports of a new virus percolating in the Wuhan area first began to air. In nearly two years now, they have not been able to fully re-engineer the chain of custody of a natural origin of this virus. And you bet your sweet bippy if they could, they would have by now. China cannot just lie about this because that chain of custody would then become scrutinized by the rest of the world. And it won't hold up to the scrutiny. That's why they have to gaslight and threaten if you go down this road. Believe me, if they could conjure up the natural chain of evidence of the origin of this virus, it would have been done by now. But they can't. But what we can tell you is that they were doing and conducting experiments in a lab in Wuhan that would create such a virus. Draw your own conclusions from there. By the way, the population of Wuhan, more people live in Wuhan that it's the most populous city of the Hubei province. More people live in Wuhan than live total in Israel or Sweden. The population of Wuhan is greater than Israel or Sweden. They were doing the viral equivalent of dropping an atom bomb on Bikini Island without evacuating the population, which is what they did. They relocated the people. No, they just dropped it on them because they wanted to study what radiation would do to humans. That's what they were doing the virological equivalent of in that lab. Ask yourself why two years have gone by and they've been unable to provide you the chain of custody, the chain of evidence for a natural origin. Who's the host? Who's patient zero? Who is it? They can't do it. Believe me, if they could, they would have by now. If they could just lie and make it up, they would have done that too. But they cannot come up with something that would hold up to international scrutiny. But what we do know is they were conducting a dangerous methodology of research in that city for the expressed explicit purpose 
of finding out what would cause one of these viruses to spill over from bat to human. A bat, by the way, that nests 900 kilometers from Wuhan. And then lo and behold, we had an event that spilled over from an animal to a human beginning in Wuhan, China, and then spread to the rest of the world from there. We put people in prison for life on flimsier circumstantial evidence than that. The best case scenario is that Anthony Fauci did not know this research was happening within a monstrosity of a bureaucracy. Found out last winter, and that's what led to the chain of, 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 of the chain of thought where he completely changed. Did the 180 we've talked about for the last year and a half. We've always wondered what prompted this. The best case scenario is discovery that his agency had conducted this research and may have played a role in the creation or engineering of this virus would be it. And he's just a doofus overseeing a galactic-sized bureaucracy and then had to cover it up on the fly. That's the best case scenario. Want to talk worst case scenarios? Is he's a modern-day Joseph Mengele. At the very least, he has committed perjury before the United States Congress. At the very least. And here's what this also does. From therapeutics to the vaccines to everything. Everything's on the table now about being questioned. Nothing gets the benefit of the doubt anymore. Because from the very beginning, including its origin, it's all been a lie. You know, you got a million reasons to be stressed out these days, right? I mean, like, for example, you could be caught red-handed lying under oath to the United States Congress. And no, I better lawyer up, all right, because they're coming. Uh, that could be one reason that you might be stressed out. Another might be uh, male pattern baldness, your receding hairline, and, you know, getting caught lying red-handed on camera on national TV. That doesn't do wonders for your hairline, especially if you're like, I don't know, just spitballing here, 80 years old. Uh, don't let those things, though, bother you. At least before you go in for your congressional inquiry, know that you go in with a full head of hair. Courtesy of our friends over at Keeps that offer the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but they're the generic versions, so you only pay about half the cost. It's a great deal. And one other thing you're going to love about Keeps, all that convenience. You do everything online. You answer a few easy questions, snap a few pictures of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your info to recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then, on top of that convenience, even more savings. Half off your first order to get you started right now when you go to keeps.com slash grow. So generic versions that save you money, convenience to do it all online from home, and then half off your first order right now. You can't beat it. Keeps, K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow. Before we get to our guest, a very quick tease, and I want you guys to back me up on this. At the top of next hour, we are going to present a data point on COVID. That will absolutely be one of the most mind-blowing data points we have ever presented on this show. And, and that's not tongue-in-cheek. I'm being, I'm being as serious as a friggin' heart attack 
right now. Fair? Because you guys know what it is. We were just discussing yeah, just it during the, the break. Last two, three minutes. Yeah. yeah. So you guys know what it is we're going to drop on this audience. Yeah. Right? Fair, Aaron? Oh, yeah. You do not want to miss that. Ooh. You also don't want to miss our good friend Julie Kelly back with us from American Greatness. Good to see you, Julie. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Julie, I know you love data. I'm going to put this out on social media here in a little while. Wait until you see this data point. Okay. I'm talking Linda Blair level of neck contortion when this number get, when these numbers get shared by me coming up here in a little bit. All right. But let's get to what's, what, what's been going on in the aftermath of January 6th. I mean, you have been a watch woman uh, on the wall with this from day one. All right. So answer some big picture questions for us. How many weapons have been confiscated? Um, who were the multiple people that were killed? Who were the people, the multiple people that were assaulted and therefore needed um, medical care and psychiatric care because they have PTSD afterwards, right? This is the narrative, right? How much of this now, nine months later, how much of this is true? Um, basically, none of it is true, as you know, um, and as you covered with COVID. And basically, everything that we have been told by the media, by our betters, by the experts, by Democratic politicians, has been a complete lie. And a lot of that certainly is the case when it comes to the four-hour disturbance at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. So to your point, um, about 600 Americans now have been arrested for their mostly minor involvement in the Capitol protest. Most of those people face charges of trespassing or disorderly conduct. Uh, The only person we know for sure was killed that day was Ashley Babbitt. We saw finally, after months and months of the media concealing his name, of the government concealing his name, he finally came out and gave an interview to Lester Holt explaining his role, uh, proud of his courageous behavior, as he called it, shooting and killing an unarmed female veteran, Trump supporter in the U.S. Capitol that day. But I also have a piece up today, Steve, um, asking questions about the death of Roseanne Boylan who is another Trump supporter who died that day. And it looks like from uh, evidence, not just in new court filings, but also very overlooked little tidbits of testimony from officers Ginnell and officer um, Harry Dunn, who now are media celebrities. But it looks like they handled her body uh, right after she died or as she was dying. And so we might have a case of now two female Trump supporters uh, being killed uh, or at least their bodies mishandled by U.S. Capitol Police on January 6th. This would be a huge scandal. We would be hearing nothing more than about this if, say, this would have happened during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings in uh, October, September of 2018. So a lot of these things are starting to unravel. To your point, two men have been charged with firearm possession, neither one of them. Uh, had there's no proof either one of them were inside the Capitol, let alone had a firearm in the building that day. Uh, weapon charges ranges from pepper spray to bear spray, collapsible batons, a riot shield, a helmet. You know, Steve, things that never are considered dangerous and deadly weapons when the left uses them against police officers. But we have a huge uh, illegal carve out if those weapons were used or even brought into the building or on the grounds on January 6th. 
So this whole thing is being weaponized against Americans. And now you see the January 6th committee under Nancy Pelosi, Benny Thompson, and our good friend Adam Schiff are politicizing this as well against Republican lawmakers and, of course, uh, President Trump. So when we've had you on before to discuss this topic, since you started exploring the narrative, I've asked this question every time you've been on. And now knowing even that now knowing that, you know, even more, I want to ask it again. What really happened that day? Um, We're still finding out what happened, but I think for the most part, um, you had uh, what was orchestrated, the parts of it that were orchestrated, I will say, and I keep getting evidence of this, is that the police departments, the law enforcement agencies, U.S. Capitol Police and D.C. Metro, were tasked with attacking the crowd outside of the building as they were assembled doing nothing wrong. Their objective was to provoke the crowd using munitions such as flashbangs, pepper balls with rubber bullets in them, uh, dousing them with tear gas and another chemical that people cannot identify that I talk about in my column today. So really the point was to provoke these protesters. And that's where you saw a lot of clashes with police and protesters that day. Um, I think that we're getting more and more evidence that the FBI probably infiltrated groups such as the Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, and Proud Boys, um, and that they sort of led at least the Oath Keepers uh, actions that day, none of which were violent, I might add. Um, But the ringleader of that group, Stuart Rhodes, still has not been arrested even though you have Oath Keepers who have been in jail since January and February charged with conspiracy, but the so-called ringleader uh, has not been charged. So we keep getting questions and we keep getting evidence that this was not an insurrection, armed insurrection, uh, incited by the president, orchestrated by white militia military groups, who, by the way, carried no weapons I mean, that's sort of weird for a militia group, right? Don't you think that they would have some kind of weapons? But they didn't that day. Um, And that the only people who were killed were Trump supporters. And now we know for sure Ashley Babbitt was killed by an officer. It looks like Roseanne Boylan was killed by the actions of uh, cops uh, in that West Tunnel that day. And then her body dragged through a tunnel and hidden in uh, Steny Hoyer's office until paramedics arrived. So we just keep unraveling these little details, and that's why they're so anxious, Nancy Pelosi, to use this against Republicans, because it's really all they have in terms of uh, you know, why they, what they're going to run on in 2022. It's a big sigh. I, I just, you know, I was, I'm, I was joking about this a month or so ago on this show. And, and now I think it could actually be true. These times are turning me, in, turning me into Alex Jones with Bible verses, okay? I, I just, I, I, even after everything we've experienced and I've seen with my own eyes the last few years, I still do not want to contemplate the things that you just said simply because I know what the consequences of them being true mean. I mean, this is really sinister stuff, Julie. It is sinister. It is evil. It is destructive on such a personal level, the people who are being ensnared in this investigation. I mean, you have judges now 
For example, Judge Timothy Kelly, who is a Trump appointee, by the way, another Federalist Society winner that we have on the federal bench, who ordered another man, Douglas Jensen, back to jail after he already spent five months in jail under pretrial detention orders, ordered him back because he was caught violating home detention rules, which said he should have been kept off the internet. Why, I don't know. But then he was watching Mike Lindell's election symposium, whatever that was. He was caught watching that. This means that he was a conspiracy theorist. The government dragged him back into court, demanding that he go back to jail, not just because he violated home detention, didn't mean that he ran out and committed more crimes. He was caught in his garage looking at his wife's cell phone and watching Mike Lindell's symposium. This makes him a conspiracy theorist, a QAnon adherent, somebody who still has not been reformed about his beliefs about the 2020 election. These are things actually being talked about in federal court in our nation's capital by Joe Biden's prosecutors and federal judges. I mean, it's not a joke, it's serious, and I've seen this repeatedly in cases. They are using evidence of people's mean memes about Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi as evidence in sentencing memos saying that this person is so brainwashed and so dangerous because he or she doesn't believe the outcome of the 2020 election. Here are mean memes that he posted on Facebook. So he, this man, Robert Reeder is one of them, should go to jail for two months for parading in the Capitol building. Hmm. This is what our government is occupied, fixated on. And you're right, it's very dangerous and destructive because it is setting a precedent that is going to enable the government to continue to weaponize government authority uh, and now special inquiries like Nancy Pelosi's select committee to go after anyone they want to. We're talking about people who have no means, they have no money. Uh, I mean, these are powerless people and this government is getting off on destroying their lives. And that is a sick, twisted thing. Can you, I know you have had personal contact with several of these people or their families mm -hmm. and have solicited help for these folks that are caught in this web. Can you give information to our audience if, if they wanted to, uh, to take part in that? Yes, thank you for asking, Steve. So there's a fund that's been set up, the Patreon Freedom, a Patriot Freedom Fund, and I can send you the link if you want to include this uh, on any recordings or anything you tweet out. These families really are left with no means. Um, you know, businesses have been shuttered uh, to the extent that they can pay for lawyers. These lawyers are charging six-figure fees to represent people. They can't pay their mortgage. They can't pay their kids' college tuition. Uh, they've been kicked out of their apartments. I mean, it's really tragic. What's not just happening to the defendants themselves, but also their families. So that would be one way to help. Uh, unfortunately, the right does not have a legal defense apparatus set up that has, you know, crack lawyers who can go uh, sweep in and help these defendants. So a lot of them are relying on public defenders or court-appointed uh, attorneys, which hasn't worked out so well for most of them either. Um, and so it's really a tragic situation, not just for the defendants, not just for us on the political right, but for innocent Americans who are swept up in this too. Yes, definitely send us the information. I'll make sure to share it Julie, I got about a minute and a half here. What else about this does our audience need to know right now that I didn't ask you about? Um, thank you for asking that, too. They need to call up their congressman. 
They need to demand that we hear more from people. You know, House Minority Kevin McCarthy is now outraged that they want to subpoena cell phone information and collect their personal information uh, from their cell phone use or social media accounts. Well, guess what? That's been happening to innocent Americans uh, who committed no violent crime on January 6th. Verizon, Google, Facebook have been working hand in hand with this government to collect information, evidence against these people, not even putting up a fight. So I would like to see Kevin McCarthy and other Republican leaders speak up more, not just to defend themselves and protecting themselves from Nancy Pelosi and the reach of the government, uh, but also to try to defend and protect more than 600 Americans who are facing even worse uh, prosecution and persecution by Joe, uh, Joe Biden's Justice Department. Julie Kelly over at American Greatness. Again, uh, Julie, you have done phenomenal work on this from day one. Uh, and thank you uh, for continuing to uh, seek the truth out in a story that appears to uh, lack quite a bit of it. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for having me on, Steve. You bet. I, I know this may have seemed like an odd segue from what we were talking about. It wasn't a segue at all. This is the same story. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> a fake origin to the virus. Fake hoaxes about uh, effective treatments for the virus. Fake vaccine data. Um, fake insurrections. Fake narratives surrounding said event. It's all the same story. Propagated by pretty much the exact same spirit of the age. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Just a reminder that the American Revolution that led to the founding of this country was fought over far, far, far less in terms of the grievances we are currently enduring. I don't, I don't think it's even close. And we back then said, oh, hell no. And here we just can't be bothered. You know, the, I, I have an idea. I just, I'm afraid of what it would do to me to fulfill it. And that is to just read off the 27 grievances, I think it is, that they have, the long list of usurpations mm -hmm. against yes. King George, yes. and contrast it with what is going on yeah. in our own culture right now. I like it. I'm, I, I don't. I, I am afraid of what this comparison may do to me, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. A civilized, if we were truly a civilized nation, we would have erected gallows by now, and we would have taken care of some business. Steve, got an idea for your next column for The Blaze. I think it's come time to write a column called Making John Brown Great Again. <laughs> why, are you, why are you laughing? That's a, oh, it's a great idea. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, there's a certain historical parallel there. You know, a government that won't deal with injustice, but instead will actively promote it and gaslight people to their faces. And then inevitably, those who are, are trying to peaceably oppose the injustice feel as if they have no alternative but to act out violently because nature abhors a vacuum. So they just practice a form of vigilante justice. Yeah. That goes off the rails that's, and innocent people get in the crosshairs. So, Something yeah, like that, maybe? That's what I was talking about. Yeah. 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 That's a pretty good idea for a column. Maybe I'll write that one. All right. Fake news or not, we're going to start with a data point that's going to blow your mind because it blew mine. And then we're going to give a definitive statement on where I stand with the current vaccine debate. We'll get into that here next.
with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Uh, that's where I will lie to you, though. If you go to Facebook, I will lie to you there. Just you need to know that with our hashtag Facebook approved takes where I give regime approved narrative. So if you want to be lied to by me, just take what I say and understand I believe the exact opposite. Go to Facebook and look me up there. Or if you want to know what I really think and not have to interpret it through hashtag Facebook approved takes, uh, just look for me, Steve Dace. I'm me, we parlor, gab, getter, and then rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. That's where you can get clips of the show that are both free and then free of censorship. And for some odd reason, Twitter is still allowing me to pretty much say whatever I want. So you can follow me there. At Steve Dace Show. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. For those of you that are podcast aficionados, thank you. Uh, you're, you play a major role in the continued growth and success of this program. Please, though, if you haven't had a chance to do so yet, subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, those of you that have already done so, and there have been literally thousands, we just want to thank each and every one of you. So thank you. All right, we'll get to fake news or not here in a second. But first, a question. How much equity do you have in your home? I know this. Don't find out the hard way with what cybercrime experts are alerting as a fast-growing crime in America known as home title theft. In fact, Home Title Lock is America's leader in home title protection. And they want you to know that you could be a victim and not know it until you go to access that equity as well. Here's how home title theft goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high-equity homes because that's where our home titles are kept nowadays in many cases. Next... They pull your home's title, forge your signature on a quick claim deed stating that you have sold your home to them, and then they take out loans against your equity. You will not be covered by your homeowner's insurance or your mortgage lender, but thankfully you can protect your most valuable asset, your home, with Home Title Lock. Register your address right now at HomeTitleLock.com and see if you're already a victim. And while you're there, receive a complete title history of your home. That's normally a $100 value. They'll give it to you for free today so that you know your home is free and in the clear at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Before we begin fake news or not, and I really wish I would have thought about this before I created the rundown that I'm about to share with you. But it was in the midst of the conversation during the break after the open to the show, and I, I closed the opening to the show with the story from The Intercept today that nails Fauci for perjury dead to rights. And, you know, what I said at the end of that segment is everything now needs to be questioned. Everything. Every narrative. Everything. Everything. At a level maybe we haven't questioned it before. Because if they were lying and gaslighting from the beginning about the origins of the virus, why wouldn't they have just lied and gaslighted about everything else since? And it was, it was, it was after this point, and we went to break, and we were chatting here during the break. I just, on a lark, this was not on my radar today at all, I just on a lark thought, you know what? 
I don't know what the answer to this is, but I'm, I, I'm curious to know. I want to find out. So I went over to the World Health Organization's dashboard for COVID data, which you can access for every country. And they don't break it down for you daily, which is why a lot of times I don't cite them. But in this case, because I'm going back a year, I really wanted to look at cumulative data. So I went to their dashboard because they break everything out weekly for you. What I found blew my mind. According to the World Health Organization's dashboard's weekly reports for U.S. COVID deaths, hold on to your butts, okay? According to the World Health Organization's weekly dashboard for U.S. COVID deaths, there were 32,983 COVID deaths in America in August of 2020. That is at least four months before any vaccines were approved. Even Regeneron, the monoclonal antibodies that were given to President Trump last October when he went into the hospital, were not available for mass public use by the FDA according to, or until November. So we are months away from any vaccines, Months away from any approved treatments. Remdesivir and Regeneron were the first. Remdesivir came down in October. It's terrible. Regeneron, the monoclonal antibodies, does work, but it wasn't approved for mass consumption until November. So, August 2020. Months before any vaccines. Before any approved treatments. And according to the weekly dashboard from the World Health Organization, you look at their weekly cumulative reports from August the 2nd through August 31st, 32,983 Americans died with COVID last August. If I look at the dashboard for August of 2021 and look at the cumulative weekly deaths listed there by the WHO, Ready for this? I love how you're still not ready for it. You yeah, found you're, it out. You're not ready for this, fellow American. I promise you're not ready for this. Batten down the hatches. According to the WHO's weekly dashboard, in the just concluded month of August 2021, 33,000. 617 Americans died with COVID despite 190 million Americans with at least one dose of vaccine. According to the World Health Organization, there were at least 634 more COVID deaths in America than there were at this time 
last year. Let me repeat that to let it soak in. At least 190 million Americans have received one dose of vaccine. 63% of American adults are fully vaccinated. We had no vaccines, no approved treatments in August of 2020. And yet, deaths were higher in this country with COVID in August of 2021 than they were in 2020. You know what we also had a lot less of in August of 2020? Can you guys guess? Natural immunity. Because unless you lived in Iowa, Georgia, Florida, South Dakota, and a few other places, Nebraska, you were actually just coming out of lockdowns in August of 2020. In August of 2020, Texas had an outdoor mask mandate. Outdoors in Texas. No vaccines, lower natural immunity, no approved treatments. And last August was less deadly than this one. Now I ask you, unfortunately, did it not live up to the hype? Because I still can't believe it. And I've been looking at this stat for a half an hour. What it does do, though, is affirm why I thought this was necessary today. Because the more and more numbers like this come out. I said last year that the return of sports would be a mass clarifier about COVID. Remember we had those conversations? Of course. And we were right. Players that didn't go to the hospital. The amount of false positives that had to be dealt with. How much clarity that provided the scandemic of the test regime. Sports provided last year, right? Yeah. And now we're watching sports provide a clarification of the vaccination regime. We'll get into this more in the overtime today. Georgia's football coach said yesterday at his weekly press conference, his school is undergoing, the his program is undergoing its worst COVID spike yet. All driven by breakthrough cases from fully vaccinated members of the football program, including the team's medical director. Oscar De La Hoya, the great boxer, tweeted a video from a hospital bed over the weekend. Fully vaccinated, hospitalized. That's why right now, I want to lay a marker down 
because this debate's going to get nasty. If the last year and a half has taught us anything, it is that the more something is debunked and the more it is shown to fail, the more stringent and stubborn is the lie promoting it. So, with that said, I want to I want to provide sort of a state of the union type of address on this show. Now, this is where I'm at leading up to the cumulative data until this last piece of data I just looked at. <laughs> My own segments now a little dated, okay? But until yesterday, this is where I was at. And where I'm not at. Now, of course, we're going to sit back and watch the next phase of this data roll in to tell us what to think. But normally, let me start by saying this. Normally, I would not view it as my place to delve in to a specific medical treatment. It's way outside of my area of expertise. However, the fact we are politicizing these specific medical treatments into public policy makes it not now just my purview as a public policy analyst, but these are all within our collective jurisdictions because we're all voters and citizens of a constitutional republic. So we all have a say in this now. Regarding my specific views on vaccinations, I am generally pro-vaccine, although not aggressively so. I updated my traditional immunizations back in 2014 to take a mission trip to Haiti. All of my three children have had their traditional immunizations, meaning the traditional vaccine cocktail regimen that were given for decades in this country to go to public school, for example. However, we also did not inject our children with Gardasil and everything else they're recommending these days. I've never even had a flu shot. Regarding my specific situation with COVID vaccinations, I recommended my high-risk mother get COVID vaccinated earlier this year, which she did. However, we have two minor children and neither of them have been vaccinated because we believe they're at a higher long-term risk at this point from the experimental vaccine technology than from COVID, at least at this time. My wife and I both had COVID in the spring. Hers was confirmed by PCR test and it gave her a pneumonia. It took her almost two weeks to defeat. Mine was a 48-hour respiratory difficulty with a loss of taste and smell. I tested positive for antibodies three weeks later. Neither of us have been vaccinated because we now have natural immunity from a recovered infection, which the data says at the very least is as good as what is provided by the vaccines, and it's actually better than what's provided by the vaccines in many studies. If I could summarize prior to 10 minutes ago, all the extensive data I've studied on the real-time performance of the COVID vaccines thus far, I would do so this way. These are not vaccines in the traditional sense in that they're not an immunization against contracting COVID, but they are therapeutics that lessen the likelihood of contracting a severe COVID infection, which you'll recall if you're a veteran of this show is what I predicted they would be all along if they were able to finally bring to market a vaccine against a coronavirus for the first time. As to their overall effectiveness, at this point in time, as of yesterday, before 10 minutes ago, uh, I'm still confident, I was, 
in saying that you would be generally more protected against getting COVID through the therapeutic, a serious COVID infection, than without. Especially if you don't have natural immunity and you are younger. We are still seeing COVID heavily stratified toward elderly populations, but I will tell you, we are now seeing that when younger adults get it, they are getting it worse than they were getting it before. I've seen several examples of this just in my own circle of people. Now, there are a couple of theories as to why this is that I'm not yet ready to discuss. I might be after the intercept piece. Um, And I hope none of them, by the way, are true. In Israel, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, we are seeing mass vaccine failure among the elderly. Mass failure among the elderly there. However, the efficacy of these therapeutics wanes after a period of months, which will require you to be re-injected with boosters of an experimental technology and perhaps more than once. So herein lies the rub. What is the greater risk? The experimental virus or the experimental vaccine? Because we are all taking a risk. We do not know the long-term ramifications of even an asymptomatic exposure to a virus of unknown to malicious origin. On the other hand, we also do not know the long-term risk of injecting mass populations with an experimental technology we've never used before either. Given that shared risk and the fact that even the CDC director herself admits the mounting ineffectiveness of these therapeutics in stopping transmissions, I do not believe there is any medical or moral justification whatsoever in mandating these injections before we even contemplate the constitutional question. If you cannot even assure us that taking the risk of injecting ourselves with this experimental tech will stop us from spreading the virus to someone else, then this is a truly personal decision and a risk calculation that should be left to every American to make. My staunch opposition to mandating these injections from a liberty standpoint has compelled me to seek out contrary information to the narrative and the propaganda being pushed. This may make it appear as if I'm against the vaccines on a medical basis, when that is not necessarily the case. In fact, I'm not qualified to make those decisions on a medical basis. I don't know your specific situation, nor am I your medical professional. However, just as from the beginning, when I separated the pathology of the virus from the public policy it spawned while discussing lockdowns and masks, I'm doing the same here when it comes to these vaccines. While I'm not a medical expert, I am a professional public policy analyst. And forcing these injections is not just bad, but immoral public policy, in my opinion. It also sets a terrible precedent that takes us down, as a society, a very dark path. Some are attempting to justify imposing this on us on the grounds they are a magical elixir. And that is simply not the truth by any reasonable stretch according to the data, including what I just shared with you 10 minutes ago. My calling is to expose such lies, so I will, until their lies are defeated or they defeat me, whichever comes first. That being said, please do not mistake my staunch opposition to forced injections to mean I systematically reject the premise of taking a chance on this experimental technology as a means of providing yourself any additional protection against the China virus whatsoever, even if it's definitely a more modest efficacy than what was originally promised, and it is.
The fact I recommended my own mother to do this early on indicates that's not the case. I am fighting for all of you to have the right to make that decision for yourselves and your families. Just as if masks worked, I would have told you to wear a damn mask and save a life, but they don't. If the COVID therapeutic efficacy had held up against transmission, I would have been far more aggressive in urging them while still vehemently opposing mandates given the experimental nature of the technology. But the reality is they don't thwart transmission enough to justify me taking such a stance. And we're seeing this with all the high profile breakthrough cases happening as we speak. The, that lack of efficacy against transmission brings an additional calculus. The side effects, the risks of those getting the injections. If this is truly a personal decision now, and there's little assistance from the therapeutics to help me not spread the virus to others, then the risk we all take from receiving these injections comes into play all the more. And the truth is there have been at least 13,000 reported deaths after receiving the vaccines. Now, did the vaccines cause all of those? We don't know, which is why it's worded that way. It is true that there are more reported side effects to these COVID therapeutics than any other vaccine in recent times. Of course, some of that is we're injecting more of this into people and faster than any vaccine in recent times, too. So some of that can at least be explained by sheer volume. But there's still lingering side effect issues like the female reproductive system, myocarditis for young people, etc., that it will take us years to fully adjudicate. You cannot acquire long-term data on a short-term project. Finally, as I've stated and said with Anthony Fauci in the past, I don't believe I know more about the efficacy of these vaccines than public health experts and politicians that they are advising. On the contrary, what bothers me so much is that I know that I don't. And yet, if I can acquire this information and data, much of which comes from them, what does it mean when they either memory hole it or attempt to dictate a public policy that contradicts their own information? All of the potential answers to that question are bad. I leave it to each of you to do your own risk calculation on where your and you and your families decide to cast your lot, either with the experimental virus or the experimental vaccines. That is a personal medical decision for all of you. However, I join with you and ask you to join with me in fighting like heaven to stop any attempts at government imposing, or corporations for that matter, any more of this madness. Especially in light of the data point I shared with you 15 minutes ago. I turn it over to you two now. What do you think? Wouldn't we be talking about that nonstop, that number, right now in the press? Isn't that all we're really interested in because we were lectured at the beginning you know it, do you want to kill old people if it saves just one life and once again how many times how many ways about how many uh aspects of this have we told you it just doesn't work we'd be talking about that number in the news nonstop. we'd be talking about the existence of sweden one of Steve's favorite book he tells you all the time is Animal Farm by George Orwell. Well, it it's like we talk about the slippery slope as well. We're not we are at the bottom. We are in the Orwell novel. 
We're not drifting there. There's not a couple pages about it. It's it. We are that dystopian. We are that broken. We are... Have you seen the footage in Australia of people being chased through the malls by cops and tackled to the ground because they don't have their vaccine passport? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And we are so close to the match that's going to come bringing it all burning to the ground. This, this center cannot hold much longer. Nerves are frayed to the very nub. Therefore, all of you who spend most of your time living your life on cruise control must stand a post in whatever way you can because we still think there's more of you if you will only get up and fight what are you prepared to do i i bring you <clears throat> excuse me somewhat glad tidings despite having listened to what we listened to over the last 15 minutes guys uh, Shang-Chi, your prediction came true, Steve. Shang-Chi set a Labor Day box office record over the weekend. From Thursday to last night, all across the, the country, hundreds of thousands of unmasked college football fans packed, in a lot of cases, packed themselves into stadiums. That's a pretty good thing. That's a pretty good thing uh, compared to where I think we were at back in March, April, May, June of, of 2020. People are starting to live their lives, whether it's a, a false sense of security necessarily or uh, just, hey, the, I, I paid the price. I got the jab so I can be here right now. People are going back out and saying, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy myself. That's a good thing. It remains to be seen, though. If this is just merely bread and circuses, or if people are really firing up the who won't get fooled again. Because guess what? Later this week, Joe Biden is expected to announce a new set of, of measures. Did you guys see this? A new set of measures to combat the Delta variant. Even though we've largely, in, in a lot of places, especially down south, we've already peaked and we're, we're coming down. Now, now there's the new Mu variant, MU variant. I don't know Mu like a. T I How don't, about the FU variant? Yeah, let's let's <laughs> get an that FU. One yet? I, I like that variant the best. I think yeah. that's what I think that's going to be the one that actually finally is is the final variant. I'm going to take my chances with the FU variant if so, y'all don't mind. I I was actually pretty encouraged this weekend. Now, if these if these uh, if these type of tyrannies like we saw last year start to sweep across the country again this fall. And people just bend over. We'll know that what we saw over the weekend was just bread and circuses, and that people are really just down to clown with uh, the, the the French arresting people and beating people in malls, and Australia sending their own their own patriot, their own uh, their own ex no, not expats, their own uh, returning countrymen to internment. I'm sorry, quarantine camps. Because that type of stuff is coming here unless the people who are in those stadiums, filling up those stadiums and going to the movie theaters and setting records this weekend are really just done and prepared to do what it, what it takes to be done. 
I will tell you, though, on the way into work this morning, I had to stop for a school bus here in Iowa in a suburb of, of Des Moines. I don't know if it was West Des Moines or Waukee. You guys know the difference. It doesn't really make a difference to you out there. It's a suburb in a pretty conservative state that's been really open. One after one after other, one after the other after the other of those kids, if they didn't have a mask, the school bus driver was handing them a mask as they got on. Guys, there's a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Don't let the sights and sounds of this weekend, don't let that be too much of an encouragement to you. You got to get down. You got to bear down and just continue to say no. You are the knights who say no. If you guys don't mind, we're going to punt on Pop Culture Tuesday here today because I want to continue having a conversation about this. Good. Because I... I, These are the real aliens here. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I'm going to, I think it's time to formally now posit a theory I've hinted at or briefly discussed in the past, because I think it makes more sense now than it ever has before. More in a moment on that. So, you know, if we would have brought my Patriot Supply on back in 2019, the fall of 2019, to be a a new uh, sponsorship partner with the show, and I said, guys, you never know, man. I mean, uh, I mean, Beavis and Butthead, one day it may not have any more TP for the bunghole, you know? So make sure you're... First of all, we would not have done that ad campaign. I would have said we can't do that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're a great company, and but you know we have some uh, you know level of credibility and respectability here. We have to protect, and there, believe me, there have been plenty of advertisers over the years we've chosen not to do right. You know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I you guys would not have heard me say something like that in 2019, right? Yep. Yeah. Then what happened? Uh, winter of 2020. Stuff. Yeah. No TP for the bunghole, Beavis. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next time it couldn't happen here happens, make sure you're prepared because it might be food. I mean, virtually every other supply chain in America is wrecked right now, except that one. All right. So check out my friends at My Patriot Supply. Uh, Their food is packaged to stay fresh for up to 25 years with proper storage. Uh, And that way, if the next time it couldn't happen here, happens here and it's food, you'll be ready to go. You can save 50 bucks on a four week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply, which will supply you with uh, 2000 calories a day, including breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks and even snacks. So you won't have to worry about going hungry, you and your family, while others may indeed uh, learn what Lord of the Flies is really about. All right, get a four-week emergency food supply today for you and every person in your family today. When you go to preparewithdace.com, preparewithdace, D-E-A-C-E, preparewithdace.com. All right, I want to continue the conversation we were just having. I want to go back to this number from August. So July snapped a streak. We had gone, I think it's a yeah, it's 132 consecutive days in this country that we had fewer than a thousand deaths with COVID in America. 132 consecutive days. That's that's basically a quarter of the that's 
more than a quarter of the year. 132 consecutive days. For eh, a little less than half of those 132 days, we were at fewer than 500 daily deaths in America. Now, what's happened is over the last few weeks in August, our vaccine percentage has actually gone up about a percent or two in America. So Delta has motivated more people to go ahead and cast their lot with the experimental vaccine over the experimental virus. We also gave people free stuff. Yeah, but we were giving people free stuff in April, May, June, the whole time we were giving people free stuff. Um, you can make numbers if you control the flow of information. You can make numbers and data say whatever you want. So we hear these claims. You know, Fauci started saying this back in, in July. 99% of deaths in America are unvaccinated. 99% of hospitalizations are unvaccinated. Now, here's the problem with this. Because, I, I mean, thousands of you have literally emailed me. Steve, can you confirm this? I, I couldn't confirm it. Because what I would, here's what I would have to do. I'd have to, they don't offer those numbers holistically. This is why we have relied so much on UK and Israeli data. On a national level, they are offering this. Now, when you look at the UK data, you still see a pretty dramatic decoupling between deaths among the vaccinated and serious cases amongst the vaccinated and the, un and the unvaccinated, even though they're also seeing a high rate of breakthrough cases among the vaccinated too. Meaning that when the vaccinated get it, they still overwhelmingly in the UK are overwhelmingly more likely to have a non-serious COVID infection than the unvaccinated. That decoupling is still happening in the UK. Now, we still are left with an answer to the question. Okay, that's great for them, but what happens to that entire viral load they're carrying around? Where does it go? That, that's still a question we have no answer to. Okay, so where, where's their viral load go then? Could they be infecting the unvaccinated? Might we have finally discovered the... The original canard, the great canard of COVID from the beginning was asymptomatic spread. Might we have created a dynamic where that could occur? I don't know the answer to that. But in the UK data, you still see a lot of decoupling between vaccinated and unvaccinated in what happens to the vaccinated when they get a breakthrough case compared to the unvaccinated when they test positive. We're not seeing that decoupling to that extent in the Israeli data any longer. And it's because of the elderly. The average age of a COVID death, if I trust Google Translate to translate Hebrew, the average age of a COVID hospitalization amongst the vaccinated in Israel is 82. And right now, fully vaccinated hospitalizations are running about two to one ahead of unvaccinated hospitalizations in Israel. So you put those two things together and what do you see? 
It's no longer protecting the elderly who were probably vaccinated, who you could, you could guess were vaccinated first. And therefore, you put all these things, things together. The people that were vaccinated at first are now seeing the highest surge of hospitalizations despite their vaccination status. And Israel now says they won't consider you fully vaccinated without a third shot. Put all those things together, and what do they add up? Waning efficacy. A good friend of mine's girlfriend, she's a healthcare worker. She was given full vaccination of Moderna at the very first of the year as a healthcare professional. She was home bedridden with COVID this weekend. And Moderna, by the way, in all of our studies, shows the highest level, produces the highest level of antibodies. Proves the, the Mayo Clinic data showed it was still about 72% efficacious about a month and a half ago when it said Pfizer was down to 40. Israel, by the way, exclusively uses Pfizer. Pfizer is the one that was given first full, I guess. There's still some confusion about what it means, but more, let's just, I'm, I'm, it's safe to say, given more approval than the other vaccinations in the U.S. If our dashboards don't provide us that information, some of you send me information from your departments of health, saying, hey, I got this email from my department of health claiming 97% of their hospitalizations were unvaccinated. Can you verify this? I've, I've like gone to your state's dashboard. It doesn't provide any distinction. Not every state does that. Oregon is one of them that does. Its data showed recently about one out of four hospitalizations were actually vaccinated. But a lot of states do not provide this information in their dashboards. So even if it meant I had to go to all 50 dashboards, if I knew the information was there, I would do it. Believe me, I've done plenty of exhaustive research on this over the last going on two years. But a lot of states do not provide this. Which means we kind of just have to go by what they're telling us. Yeah. Yeah. The same people that lied to us about the origins of the virus. The same people that are trying to discredit a wonder drug that won the Nobel Prize in 2015 and has been literally injected into literally hundreds of millions of people in this world in the last decade as a horse dewormer that's toxic. The same people that ran a story over the weekend that showed 70% of calls to poison control in Oklahoma were from people taking the ivermectin horse paste. It was 2%. All these same people, we have to rely on them. Just, we just have to rely on them. I'm not going to do that. One of the memorable lines in Hamlet is when he says, the play is the thing in which I will catch the conscience of the king. It's the canary in the coal mine. The play is the thing in which I'll catch the conscience of the king. What's the canary in the coal mine here? What's the play is the thing in which I will catch the conscience of the king here when it comes to COVID? 
Because if our dashboards are not going to provide this data that Israel does in Hebrew and is and the UK does in English, if our dashboards won't provide that, now Israel uses four different vaccines. It uses Pfizer and AstraZeneca more than any other, but it is not exclusive. I'm sorry, the UK. It the UK does not exclusively vaccinate its people with one vaccine as they are doing in Israel. So we may be learning some things about Pfizer here, courtesy of Israel, which of course our elites gave the first extensive authorization to. <laughs> okay. But what is the play that is the thing in which will catch the conscience of the king? It's overall death data. We have a system for keeping and monitoring who's dead and who's alive that predates COVID by many, many moons. All cause mortality. Yes. In the end, you're either dead or you're alive, right? Yes. In the end, your loved one is either with you or they are not. That's the play that is the thing in which we catch the conscience of the king. Give me the whole death number. Even when I factor in your coding, that any anybody that expires COVID positive, regardless of cause, is counted as a COVID death, right? Mm-hmm. And when I when I go there, here's what I come up with: the World Health Organization claims on its dashboard during its weekly reporting period from August second. To August 30th, they put out weekly reports from August 2nd to August 30th last year. They claim 32,983 Americans died with COVID. That same reporting period for this year, they claim 33,617 Americans succumbed with COVID. Steve, they're all unvaccinated. They can't be. Here's why. We have far higher levels of natural immunity in the country now than we had last August. Much of the country was still coming out of lockdown. Or was even still in it. Out west. We know natural immunity lasts longer than the vaccinating immunity. We know this from Israel. Where natural immunity lasts, from an infection standpoint, 13 times longer and better than the Pfizer vaccine does. And from a severity standpoint, 27 times longer and better. It it is not, I'm just telling you, it is not possible if these numbers from the WHO are true. It is not possible that 99 or 95 or 92% of deaths in America are unvaccinated because there were far lower levels of natural immunity in this country last August than there are now. We had 190 million Americans have received at least one dose of vaccine as of August 2021. Zero in August of 2020. It's not possible. If you run this math in any algorithm or simulation, that's not possible. That data, I swear on the shard credibility of the stupid doomsday models we saw last year. 
That data doesn't add up. That dog doesn't hunt. It cannot be true. So somebody's lying. Either the WHO's overall death count here is wrong. Or the people making these claims are lying. But they, they can even both be false. They cannot both be true. They cannot be. It's not possible. It is not possible to say that a year ago, 634 fewer people died with COVID with much lower natural immunity and 190 million people yet to get a single dose of vaccine. But a year later, more people died in August with 190 million people getting at least one dose of vaccine and much higher levels of natural immunity. Not possible. Not possible to say this is just all unvaccinated people dying. Not possible. That's not a model that would show up and show out to any level of scrutiny at all. It's not. I'm out of time. I wanted to restate my theory. I'm out of time. We'll have to discuss that at another time. First, before we get out of here, let me tell you about our friends over at Omega XL. If you're struggling with chronic pain, this is the lingering kind. Uh, usually found in your back, your knees, your neck, your shoulders. Not because you have an accident that needs medical treatment, but the chronic lingering variety, chances are it's because of inflammation, too much of it in your body. Uh, battle back against that inflammation that's battling you with an all-natural anti-inflammatory that I use, backed by 35 years of clinical research called Omega XL. And if you want to see if Omega XL can do for you what it does each day for me, try it right now. Buy one bottle, get a second one for free. Buy one bottle, get a second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. That's Imperial College level modeling. IHME level modeling. It cannot be true. The assumption and conclusion don't add up. So somebody's lying. Or everybody is. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.